Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is Pastor Randy Anderson of This Is For You Ministries. And God has still a word for you and I this morning as it regards to the fruit of the spirit. Let me share with you a little short testimony as we uh, had uh, the opportunity last week to talk about long suffering. And as we close that session, we use uh, a scripture verse from the book of first Timothy, uh, which says, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. Amen. But I'm going to stop right there because I had an opportunity that I was called uh, to do the eulogy of one of my little younger cousin. Uh, it wasn't my intention of, of attending the service. Uh, I knew of his death, but nevertheless, I was headed out to what I already had on my agenda. I uh, got a phone call from my aunt saying, Randy, we need you. They don't have a minister. And of course, at that moment, I didn't have what I thought was a word to go forth. But I remember this passage that we shared with you last week. So after changing clothes and getting over to the funeral home and was able to do the eulogy based upon the word of God. Uh, and God was so good that he had blessed him with a knowledge and understanding of his word. And even that message came off the cuff of what God had in my spirit to be able to bring forth to them at that time. I say that because that was a fulfillment in my life of that particular verse to be able to preach a word and be ready when it's out of seed, when the opportunity don't seem to be an opportunity, but yet God provides an opportunity. And so I say, thank you, Jesus, for being able to be there with the family, being able to uh, be, uh, do what I was asked to do and to be able to be there as a witness of God uh, for the sake of their eternal bound souls. Amen. Let us pray. Fathers in Jesus name, we just thank you, dear God, for this day. And truly, dear Lord, Father, this is the day that the Lord has made. And yes, I will be glad and rejoice in it. Why? Because I am saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why I can rejoice in things. Not so much because everything is going good in my favor, but because, Lord, you have favor upon me to be able to bring me to, uh, Lord Father, a point in my life to be able to bow down and say, Lord, I surrender all. Here I am use me. And so, Father, because of that, dear Lord, Father, this day I can be rejoiced and be glad in it because of my soul's salvation. And so, Lord, we just pray as we move forward, dear God, uh, with the uh, thought of the fruit of the Spirit. Today, dear Lord God, you have put upon our heart to combine the two of gentleness and goodness. Dear Lord, we will use those two as we speak today to the audience that God regarding this particular attribute of the fruit of the spirit. Have your way, O oh Lord God, we pray in Jesus' name. We say, amen. Amen. So let's go back and read our Bible verse. It's really been the foundation on what we have been uh, teaching along these lines of the fruit of the spirit. 
for those who may be joining us for the first time. Uh, we are found in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 25, which says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So let me clear up something about what's being said here. Okay, we, we, we said against such there is no law. There is no law against love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and everything that we have mentioned as the attribute of the Spirit. There is no law. What do you mean there's no law? You can receive as much of that as you want in your heart's desire, and you can be able to give out the same. No one is going to take you to jail because you show them love. No one is going to um, have you... Uh, put out because you demonstrated long suffering toward them. No one. So that means there is no law. There's no limitation on how much of these attributes you can receive from the spirit. And there is no um, limitation on how much you can give out to others. But let me say this. It says the fruit of the spirit. It doesn't say the fruit of your heart or the fruit of your desires, it's the fruit of the spirit. You say, what are you trying to say, preacher? I'm trying to say this, that it's the spirit in you that manifests these attributes. The Bible speaks in the book of Philippians, it said, it is God in you that worketh out his good pleasure. It is the spirit of God, is God in us, bringing forth these attributes in the time that they need to come out. We don't control these things. They all are controlled by the spirit of the living God, which dwelleth in the heart of each and every true believer, blood washed one, those who are called saints of God. It is in them that the fruit of the spirit really dwells. Amen. And it says, and they that are Christ. So it's telling you who the one to have it. They that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. They, we have crucified the flesh. It talks about the work of the flesh being adultery, fornication, and all those things that it lists there. We have crucified our flesh, or we have mortified the deeds of, those, of our flesh when we once used to walk in the... Uh, Oh, God, how I want to say this, that we want you to walk in the dictation of what the desire wanted out of our flesh. We want you to walk there. There is no saved individual who have not once walked in the flesh. Amen. That's what we got saved. And then God began to teach us what we need to do. Amen. And, and it's been brought before me uh, and it's written in the scripture. Well, what happens is. It is the strong man that binds the strong man. Or uh, let me put it, it's the stronger man that binds the strong man. Amen. Sin is a strong man, but it takes Christ in the spirit of God who is stronger than your flesh to be able to come into your heart and life 
and give you the power, amen, to crucify your flesh with the affections and lust. Then it goes on to say, if we live in the spirit. So let's let's stop right there. What do you mean live? Well, I live at, amen, 7415 Montgomery Road. That's where I live. But when I come into my apartment, that's where I live. But yet, that's where I dwell. So when it says if you live in the spirit, what it's saying, if you dwell in the spirit, now also you should walk in the spirit where you dwell. All of us that are in the body of Christ, that's where we dwell. That's where we live. In the spirit, we live there. And now that we live there, we all have the same commandment that we walk in the spirit. What do you mean walk? By taking two steps, three steps? No, when it's talking about walk, it's talking about your conduct, your manner of living, how you live, and how you should live, that it should please God. Our lifestyle should be able to please God. Amen. As we move on, uh, once again, the title of this message is The Way You Walk. And I'm going to explain that when we get to the last uh, two um, uh, attributes of the Spirit. I'm going to explain the title. All this time we've been talking about it, but we're going to explain what that really means. Amen. So we go on to the next two attributes that we're dealing with. One is gentleness. And the other is goodness. Webster defines gentleness as the quality or state of being gentle, mildness of manners or disposition. Gentle means free from harshness, sternness or violence, honorable, distinguished, kind. The Greek definition is moral goodness, integrity, kindness when you think about goodness you think about someone oh, pardon me gentleness you thinking about someone that's going to handle you with care they're not going to shake you and show that they're violent they don't want to have to do what they're going to handle you with care they're going to handle you with care this is an attribute that every father should have toward his children. This is an attribute that every husband should have toward his wife. This is an attribute that every man should have toward every woman. This is an attribute that we must manifest before God, and it's called gentleness. Gentleness. The Bible says in Romans 2 and 4, and I won't read it, but I'll give you the definition. It is the goodness or the gentleness of God that leads mankind to repentance. Oh, my God, I can think about how it was for me. We tell, we tell all the time, God, you get the glory. No matter what the circumstances, Lord, you get the glory. Now, you may not understand this if you don't know God, but God can get glory out of somebody's death god can get glory out of someone's injury god can get glory out of things that are everything is going right for you it don't matter what the circumstance god can get 
the glory. Amen. If a person was in an automobile accident and that vehicle was, oh my God, uh, destroyed beyond repair, and yet somehow, some way, you, the individual that was in that car, come out with just a simple scratch on you. And God can get the glory out of that when people look at and say, you know what, you, you, you're blessed. The average person, you're blessed. But in reality, it was God's goodness that was kept you. And through that goodness or that kindness, God wants to lead you to repentance. I remember my uh, encounter with God. Uh, uh, if you never heard of my testimony, you know, it was it started out with me trying to fit in with the crowd. And I was working and I picked up a joint that I found on the floor. And I began to smoke it. Uh, then all of a sudden, it starts slowing down my blood circulation in my body. It scared me half to death to the point I had to be rushed to the hospital. And I told the doctor what happened. He came back with the diagnosis and says that that uh, marijuana was laced with LSD. I could have died. I could have been at death's door. But nevertheless, God used that encounterment to lead me to himself to repent that I, God, may get the glory. And that was over 40 years ago. And that testimony never, never, and I say never, gets old because it is my personal encounterment with God on how he saved me by being gentle to me. Everybody else around me wanted to say it was this, it was that. It was, mm -mm. It took one man who knew God for himself to come to me and say, the aftermath of this situation is not the effect of that LSD. It was Jesus knocking at the door of your heart. He wants to get in. God, to God be the praise today. To God be the praise today on how my life was turned around because of that circumstance. As we go on, we find that the Apostle Paul makes mention about gentleness in the same category that he did with long-suffering. You'll find that scripture found in 2 Corinthians 6 and 6. And here is the understanding the Spirit of God gave me. Gentleness is right beside long-suffering. When it comes to this attribute, proving that we are the ministers of Christ. It proves. It has a way of setting us apart for those who want to play ministers against those who are called to be ministers. And so it kind of separates us. The circumstances of life and the things we go through because the spirit of God is in us. Remember the Apostle Paul, he was in uh, a shipwreck. He could have died. Amen. And everybody around him who was in the sea thought they were going to lose their life that day. But because he knew God, he didn't complain. He didn't say every man for himself. Matter of fact, he told them there will be no loss of life. 
God was going to save them all. And guess what? God did. God did. He showed gentleness in the midst of the situation toward the people who had fear that they were going to lose their lives. We go on to show that even today, in today's time, many people may not believe this, but in the days in which we live right now, God is still showing the riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. God is showing his goodness, his kindness, his gentleness toward us through Christ Jesus. Through Christ Jesus. So let me insert this thought right here. The reason why we can combine gentleness and goodness together in this podcast is simply because they go hand in hand and they kind of parallel with one another in its definition. And yet God has revealed to me how one affects the character and the other one deals with the behavior because of the character. Amen. The goodness is the character. The gentleness, pardon me, is the behavior that come forth because of the character of an individual. Amen. That's why we say what we say. God, in the days in which we live, he's still showing his riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Let me say this. Don't let nobody. And I mean, don't let nobody make you feel inadequate because you belong to Jesus. There are many things that are going out there that can cause you to feel like and doubt yourself. Like, do I really have what I say I have? Or is really what I have what I'm supposed to have? Don't let the enemy of soul trip you up. Why? Because God will manifest himself, going back to that verse, in the riches of his grace, in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. If you don't understand some things, get with the Lord. Get with the Lord in prayer. Tell him what's going on in your life, even though he knows what's going on in his life. Let him know what's in your heart. Will manifest it. Speak it out to him. And he will, and I'll put it this way, I guarantee you, he'll show you what you need to do. He'll encourage your heart. He will lift you up in the midst of that doubt and cause you to rise triumphantly over your fears and your doubt about your own salvation. But we need to learn to understand we need to draw close to God the Father. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's go on. We're talking about goodness. We just got finished with gentleness. Goodness is defined as the quality or state of being good. That's what Webster said. <coughs> Excuse me. Good means of a favorable character or a tendency, bountiful, handsome, attractive, suitable, free from injury or disease, agreeable, pleasant. The Greek definition is uprightness of heart and life, goodness, there it is, and kindness. 
when we're talking about upright of heart, we're talking about a heaving to righteousness, honesty, and being just in your decision. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about uprightness. No, we need to understand something here. We need to understand something here. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11, it said, wherefore also we pray for you that our God will count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. So let's get at that word. Is of his goodness. It is God's goodness working through us to be able to accomplish the things for him. Remember the rich young ruler came to Jesus and said, good master, what good thing could I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus responded about there is none good but God. God is good and has always been good. When he created things back in the book of Genesis, when he created the moon, the stars and the planets and everything that we know, even man, he always says at the end of it, it is good. That's who God is. It is good. In his sight, that's how he's seen it. It is good. When he made man, he said, it's really good. It's good. Why? He made man after the image of himself. And he put within man a will with the power to choose. And because of his choice, he fell from God's goodness in the garden. Amen. See, when we live a life of goodness, other people can recognize it. Other people can recognize it. Paul told the, the brothers in Romans, he said, I myself am persuaded of you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, able to admonish one another. You are filled with the full, full of goodness. What goodness? God goodness. It's God goodness. I used to tell people in my younger, younger days when I, in my salvation, you know, what you see, any good you see in me is not me, but it's the Jesus that worketh in me. And so that is still true to me this day, some 40 something years later, any good that you see from me is nothing but God himself showing his goodness through me to be able to establish what is his good pleasure, to be good. God does not have to be, and I, I'm a, I, and I say this respectfully, God don't have to be a nasty God and yeah, well, his feelings get hurt and because he had the upper power and, and he can be looked upon as a big bully. He's nothing like that at all. He's nothing like that at all. God is full of kindness and goodness. God demonstrates suffering in his heart in order that we will come to know him through repentance. Peter writes it this way. Peter said, 
God is not willing that any should perish, that, that no one of us, nobody in mankind should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's the God's desire. And he used gentleness and goodness to lead us to himself that way. And so we ought to be thankful and grateful to God for where we are. Sometimes we may not like where we are, but that's okay. God can even make it even more favorable for you, for me, as long as we stay in the spirit, live in the spirit, dwell in the spirit, and long as we walk in the spirit. God can work many, many, many favorable things toward us. To those that are not saved, the Bible says that God makes his son to rise on the just as well as the unjust. God does not, is an impartial God. He does not show favorable to one and be unfavorable to someone else. God is the same. He doesn't change. His goodness is extended to all of mankind. But it's only we who are saved, who are in the body of Christ, who have been bought by the blood of Jesus, is only we who see that goodness. We acknowledge that goodness and we say, thank you, God, for being gentle and good to us. Let us pray. Fathers, in Jesus' name, as we close out this podcast, dear Lord God, we realize that, Father, there wasn't a whole lot to be said, but it was a lot said, dear Father, that would give you the honor and give you the glory. Have your way, dear Lord God, with those that listen to this podcast. We don't know where they are. We don't know what they're going through, but thou knowest all things. And so we pray, dear God, that you can direct someone to Facebook to be able to find this podcast, dear Lord, when they type in Randolph Anderson and see this is for you, they will be able to find this particular podcast and all the other ones. To those who just use their cell phone, they can come through uh, uh, anchored and do the same and just type in, this is for you, Lord God, and they'll find every one of the podcasts that has been spoken since the month of March. You will be able to direct them. You'll be able to feed them. You'll be able to give them what they stand in need of, dear Lord, that they can be able to have a more closer walk with you. And then those who don't know you by the pardon they sin, that they will walk unto you and say, Lord, what must I do to be saved? And dear Lord, give their heart and life to you through your son, Jesus Christ. So Father, Lord, bless them, dear Lord God, only as you can. And as we close out this podcast, as we do to each and every one of them, we say thank you, Lord. And we say you be praised, you be honored, and you get the glory. For it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray and say amen. Be blessed.